this retro thing for what it is Nostalgia goggles heavy on those things when we were kids I've got the memories of falling while my hair is turning gray I'm thinking back on all the things that were better yesterday So for all those things nostalgic I also do is delight Welcome, everyone, to the much-anticipated, for at least several days, month of June, which is what, Rob? We're just going to skip past intros. Rob's here. What is June? I believe this is June, Claude Van Why are you saying it like that? <laughs> I can't help myself. This it's, is... better than, it's better than some themes that we've had. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. September, like, we, we spit gold pretty consistently with September lock. January was a good one, but I feel like June Claude Van Damme might be might be the best one yet. I came up with it when I was out for a walk and like jogged home to tell my <laughs> wife, like, oh my god, I have the best idea. He's like, Yeah, I think you do have to do that. So we are, and it turns out he's one of those ones where at first you're like, is there enough? And then yeah, easily we could do several june claude van dams well given that you could have picked anything that he's been in and i would have been like yeah i don't really know that and which is even perfect because that seems to be everybody's situation (laughs) when i started going out there and shopping shopping out the the the, oh my god i almost said it as the his name is jean claude i almost said it as the month everyone's like i don't i I don't think i've ever seen anything by him which is also now overwhelming. It's like, well, that that puts the onus on me. At least if some of you were like, well, I've seen this one and this one, I could go, okay, well, here's a gap. No. Everyone's like, who's that? I mean, you're so, also safe in the knowledge that this is not the only June that will exist. So It might be the only June this podcast exists. I don't know. Whoa. That's a big call. I have to say that all I have to say that all the time because I don't know what the future holds. You're not going to give up before 200, though. Maybe. I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. <laughs> I can, I'm running. It's, it's getting harder and harder to put after June. It gets harder to put actors' names with months. So that might just discourage me. Mm, fair enough. Short September. <laughs> I mean, if I'd, if I'd been given this assignment as homework, I might have better to offer, but I've got nothing right now. <laughs> I guess it's Stallone was once talked about, but now it's June Claude Van Damme, so it can't be Stallone. Stallone. So I guess what? it's I guess it's Schwartz September. <laughs> so get ready for the all Arnold all September. <laughs> we did Bloodsport, which makes sense. You got to kick off June Claude Van Damme. Oh, we probably should have started this whole podcast by chanting Kumite. Yeah, well, there'll be time. Yeah. Yeah, this 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 felt right. This was more or less the world's inter. Like he'd done a couple small things, and he was in a movie called No Retreat, No Surrender. But mostly, Bloodsport is Hollywood saying, "Look what we have for you, world." And obviously, the world went. We gladly accept this present. Thank you, Hollywood. And that happened at the time. Like, like it, we, inst, instant success. World needs more of this guy. I think so. Yeah. Hmm, okay. I'm. I'm pretty sure it was a a financial success. Let's see. Let's see how much money Bloodsport made. But I mean, we kept him around. After That's that. definitely true. Yeah. I mean, like I I know I know who he is and what he does, despite not having seen anything by him. So. Yeah. That was my next question is it had before this and even now, could you name like four Van Damme movies? Uh, Probably at a push I could have done. Actually, now you're going to put me on the spot and maybe I can't. Yeah, do it. Um, Like that's obviously the follow up question. Well, the ones that that I think I know that he was in before I did this were, were, I think he's in Street Fighter. Is that right? He is in, yep. He is Guile in Street Fighter. And Kickboxer was the one that I knew him for. Yep. I'm struggling for another, to be honest. Uh, well, Bloodsport. Yeah, and of course. I literally just said hard target before. Like, all you have to do is pay attention to me for 30 seconds, and you would have been able to say all of them. But that's that's true. 
Yeah, that went instantly in one ear and out the other. <laughs> yeah, apparently. So that's why it's important. Y'all got to get schooled. So did we just hit the did we hit the known for movies there, or are there other big ones that we just didn't say? Um. Okay, but I, I guess it depends on who you talk to. I would say yeah, Bloodsport, Kick. Like we're covering a lot of the biggies, Hard yeah. Target, Kickbuck. But if you go to when I announced this on Twitter, like, there are ton like some people like Time Cop is one that's like yeah, I don't know. If we'll, okay, time, yeah. Universal yeah. Soldier, Sudden Death oh, is one yes. I've always been partial to. Yeah, Universal Soldier is one that I should have got. Yeah. Like there, there's that run there, or it's like there's double impact, probably the one where he plays twins. Right. Which is something he's done more than once. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm excited because I feel like Jean-Claude Van Damme kind of gets unfairly, you know, you got your your A-listers, you know, your Schwartz, your your Schwarzeneggers, your Stallones, and maybe, you know, at one point your Bruce Willis's. And then there's kind of the, these other rankings. And I feel like Jean-Claude often gets unfairly lumped with, say, your Seagulls or your Norrises. Interesting. Yeah, he's definitely in that bracket for me. So I'm, I'm, and, I want to hear more about why you think he doesn't belong there. I don't think it's fair because I, admittedly before, like maybe two years ago, I didn't know a whole lot of his output, but I've been watching more and more of it. And I feel like he has a more consistent filmography. Mm. And I'm not going to say he's the greatest actor, but he's done some good stuff for sure. Like there's a movie called JCVD where he kind of just plays himself as a depressed version of, and it's, he does this, you know, cause he's French. So when he's actually gets to act in his native tongue of French, he's super good. Like he's really good in that movie. So yeah. I feel, and yeah, I feel like, and I mean, obviously Seagal now there's nothing to talk about, but. I feel like he's had a solid output more mm-hmm. like, look at how many movies I was just able to name. If someone was like, you got to do Norisember in November, <laughs> I'd be like, okay, missing in action. An episode of Walker, Texas Ranger, I guess. One of the ones with dragon in the title. They make a joke about this in the British office and off the top of my head, I can't remember which one it is. Yeah. So you see the end of the dragon or the other something of the dragon. Oh God. Way off, way off the dragon. Yeah. Yeah. He fights Bruce Lee in one of them. Yeah, that's the joke. That is the joke. <laughs> one of them says he fights Bruce Lee in End of the Dragon. And he's like, I don't remember him fighting Bruce Lee in Enter the Dragon. <laughs> it's not like a really pedantic. It's a uh, speaking good fight. Of, yeah, speaking of pedantry, um, I'm sure there's someone screaming now that you've said that Jean-Claude Van Damme is French. Um, one thing I knew about him was his nickname. Um, oh yeah, sorry, Brussels, the muscles from Brussels. Right, exactly. Yeah, that that was something else that I knew about him. And then and then the only other thing that I knew about him was that there's a wrestler called Rob Van Damme. And he looks weirdly like Jean-Claude Van Damme, even though they're not related. Weird. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good, yes, the muscles from Brussels, I think he got. But in the movies, they, and I think that's where the line is blurring for me, they always explain away the accent from, oh, he's from Quebec. (laughs) At least three movies I've watched, it's like, oh yeah, this is my, he's he's from Quebec. (laughs) Oh my gosh, phone. He's off. We need to move this. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so Bloodsport 1988's Bloodsport mm-hmm. where they you know they found like here's this talented martial artist named Jean-Claude Van Damme let's put him in a movie which I feel like they don't do enough of these days uh, even if they did I probably wouldn't know so yeah but you know I mean I guess we're gonna you know another experiment we'll get in on this but you know that where you just take like this guy wrestles he could probably act Right. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That Sometimes it works time. out. <laughs> so maybe they still do a lot of that, but I'm yeah, it's 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 always fun to be like, yeah, this person's good at this thing. They probably have enough charisma to pull off a movie, which I would say Van Damme does. Also fucking sculpted like a god in this movie. Yeah, his body's pretty insane, and we see like, enough of we see enough of it to know. Like, oh my god. 1988 Jean-Claude Van Damme just just cut like no one's a little all baby face because like I've been watching some of his newer stuff lately and obviously he's still very much in shape but he's got the you know showing his age and that mm-hmm. face but then it's just just buttery smooth male goodness yeah he's able to play two levels of youth in this movie it's pretty impressive <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. (laughs) I mean, (sighs) that kid is an enigma. Was Jean-Claude doing the voiceover for that child? Because he nailed the Jean-Claude Van Damme accent. (laughs) Nailed it. It's true. He definitely did. Um, Yeah, the first 15 minutes of this movie was a real progression through like three ages of Jean-Claude Van Damme as Frank Dukes. Yeah, so Van Damme is, yeah, playing Frank Dukes, like put up your Dukes. Where does that phrase come from? Yeah, I didn't get that phrase at all. I was just like, okay. (laughs) I mean, it's a thing. People say it. Is it like back in the day, if there was a challenge, you'd like, oh, this guy, this guy's dumb. We're going to get a Duke to represent me in this duel. So like, put up your Dukes. Like, who, what Duke's going to represent you in your in Maybe. Your I'm, th- I'm thinking it's like some sort of game related or something, but I, I don't know. I Are you don't looking know. it up? Is that I'm why I see that to, look yeah. on your face? Okay, so yeah. we'll get back to that. Uh, yeah, so they. Claim... Oh, apparently I should I should know this. It's 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 something to do with rhyming slang, <laughs> because oh. Duke Dukes is short for Dukes of York. York rhymes with fork, and if you put up your forks, you're putting up your fists. <laughs> I liked my explanation better. Yeah, that tends to be how rhyming slang works. <laughs> yeah, he's playing uh, Frank Dukes, and. The movie in the fiction of the movie, well, no, not the fiction of the movie. The movie itself claims this is all something that happened because Frank Dukes is a real guy. He was the fight choreographer for this movie along with Van Damme. So they are basing it on a story that this guy says he experienced. I, you know, was undercover with the CIA. I was in the army. I fought in this secret underground Kumite tournament. And over the years, we have, it seems like not 100%, but with 99.9% certainty, I've concluded all bullshit. <laughs> Top yeah. to bottom. And, and, and I did not know this going into this film, so you can imagine my face at the end when it revealed that Frank Goose is a real person. Yeah. <laughs> my head almost fell off. And, the, and then, yeah. Yeah, they, that ends with the, the freeze frame and Frank Dukes went on to do this and here's all these records he holds. And I guess no one involved vouched for or researched and went, huh. But over time, like the whole I was undercover with the CIA, the CIA just came up and went, ah, we have no indication that that was ever a thing. His army record showed he was only ever in the reserves and I guess never saw combat. Or as he claimed to have a Medal of Honor, I believe. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess a picture came out of him in an army uniform, but the medals are all wrong. He's like, ah, it was a Halloween costume. And the whole Kumite thing, they're like, wouldn't someone else at this point? It's basically just him going like, yeah, I went and fought in an underground Kumite. And people are like, prove it. I can't. It's a secret. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then, I think it said that as a result, he formed the the first American ninjutsu style Duke's Ryu. Which apparently is also just horseshit. (laughs) So my question is, why are they letting him choreograph a movie about his life when none of this is true? And how did he get to then go on and make more movies? What is going on? I guess... There was no internet, so it was harder. To, like no one was just picking up the phone to make some phone calls and go, "Hey, is this the CIA?" Okay, cool. That we're is a great point. Movie, <laughs> we're gonna make this movie Bloodsport, and this guy says these things. We're like this. This movie was made eight years before RealUltimatePower.net was even a website, so we were shockingly lacking knowledge about any form of combat, whether it's ninjas or martial arts or yeah, whatever. Exactly. What were we? What else were we supposed to do? It's still. I, I think the thing is, though, I think that Hollywood just doesn't care because they were given. Wow, this sounds like a great story. It's even happening right now. I'm gonna get this kind of wrong, but someone's writing a screenplay about the dude who came up with Flame and Hot Cheetos. And how he started it as a janitor in this company and then rose the ranks because he came up with, and apparently the actual company has come out and said, that's, that didn't happen. And the screenwriter came out and said, in so many words, well, enough of this happened and it's a good story. And I feel (laughs) like the Flamin' Hot Cheetos is the blood sport of 2021 where they went, there's some holes in this guy's story, but this is cool, so let's just do it. So so here's the problem with this. Does it sound like a good story? It's a... F- <laughs> Man who fights goes to fight in Secret Fight Club and fights. It That's sounds the story. cool, real-life fight club. <laughs> like, real-life rule one and two fight club. And maybe that's 
what it was like oh it just sounds like you know of course he couldn't talk about it as a secret like oh shit yeah and when you really boil it down the story is martial arts tournament yeah fight 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 lots and lots of fights i guess maybe that's the spin is to say well okay oh yeah but this this one really happened yeah, I guess that's true, except that it didn't. Okay. Except that it didn't. <laughs> but we didn't know that then. And it doesn't matter because it gave us Van Damme. So we went, okay, well, that is some unfortunate business. But look at this guy doing the splits. Fair enough. So, yeah, we know that he goes to to fight in a, in a secret fight club. But what are his motivations and, and how does he get ready for this? Talk us through the, uh, the backstory of this character. So as a youth, <laughs> he and his friends... Correct me if I am wrong. Was young Van Damme wearing paraphernalia or like clothing for multiple different sports teams? I'm not a sportsman. I don't think so. I want to okay. say that I want to say that they were both San Francisco franchises at the very least. I think he had a Giants baseball team. Maybe not the same team, but like okay. at least the same city. So like you can okay. forgive that. Yeah. All right. So he and his friends break into. I think his name is Tanaka. Tanaka's mm, yes. house, yeah. To Tanaka-san. steal a Tanaka-san to steal a sword. Mm. I believe is was that the goal? It seems that way, yeah. Or at least to to touch it and play around with it. Yeah, they or they're they're going into yeah to get like a, a katana. I don't like. I am not clear on why. Uh, so Dukes goes in to do it, and Tanaka catches him, and they have a conversation where this youth is just per like to the point where I really wondered if Van Damme dubbed him because it is perfect. Whoever the casting director was for this movie did not make enough money for their job casting young Jean-Claude Van Damme in this movie. It is I mean, the, the whole the whole cast to be fair to him is very good. But yeah, he does do an impressive job with this one. <laughs> and so Tanaka's training his son, but he's so impressed with Dukes, and he's like, I'm going to train you too. And then we never really hear from the son again. Well, I have a couple of questions on this front. Number one, how can you be impressed by a kid whose first impression is getting kicked in the belly by your younger kid and collapsing in a heap on the ground? Uh, I do yeah. not have a good answer for you. No. Question two, um, how how is the test of whether somebody might be a good fighter to see whether they flinch when you cut off the front of their cap with a sword? That could have gone that's, so badly wrong. That's just how it works. If it <laughs> had then, gone wrong, he would know that, well, you're not a good candidate. Because you're dead. You're just dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you'd, if you were a good fighter, you'd be alive. Fair enough. That's just martial arts. If you were better at this, that wouldn't have happened. And then, yeah, there's two scenes. Um, well, there's one scene that progresses from this to later in their childhood to Van Damme as an adult. Uh, he defends the kid from bullying, even though this kid is clearly superior to him at fighting, which was confusing to me. Yeah. And then, and then the kid's dead for some reason in the next yeah. scene. And they never address it. They just, they're like, yeah, kid's dead yeah. now. So you're yeah. effectively the kid. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm like saying. Like, we never really, like, that doesn't seem to, we don't hear much about that. And he's like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to focus solely on training you now. Yeah. And then we, we get our standard training montage featuring... <laughs> the first of many montages. Let's, the first let's of many terrific there. montages and the first of many terrific Van Damme splits. Because if you get a guy who can do the splits, obviously you're going to showcase it frequently and early. And according to... I didn't keep count. I knew it was a lot. According to IMDb, he does the splits. How many times do you think in this movie? I can remember four different times, but I don't know if it's more than that. Seven, apparently. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the times, because, well, he does the, like, the Johnny Cage split punch move, which, mm -hmm. fun fact, Johnny Cage, based on Jean-Claude Van Damme, I think particularly in this movie. Oh, nice. I believe they even said Bloodsport was the inspiration for Mortal Kombat. And I yeah, think that if makes you, sense. I think if you look at OG Johnny Cage, he looks dress pretty similar i don't have it in front of me hmm. uh there's the split the worst one potentially when tanaka has his limbs like what's the, what's the, there's a word for that where they would like tie every limb to like a horse carriage and pull you apart there's an actual oh. word for that yeah process. i don't know i don't know what that word is <laughs> and i can't think of it now but he essentially does a vertical version of that where van damme is like 
suspended by ropes on his wrists and and ankles in a splits position to like these and he has to like you know meditate and pull himself into a standing position and i did not enjoy that no it's the meditation that that got him there he was really suffering before he realized oh "Oh, yeah i just need to be calmer (laughs) and yeah that's that's the lesson and i just it turns out i don't like to see van damme in pain oh so I was happy he pulled through on that. What else? There's a bunch of stuff. The training montage does a really good job of setting up. Like everything pays off. Yeah, it's so true. Like long-term storytelling, they call this in WWE. (laughs) They they really do go back to every moment. It's like catching like koi out of a koi pond or catching something requires him to snatch something really quick. And then there's, you know, learning to do things blindfolded, like fight blindfolded, but also he has to do this whole thing where he pours tea blindfolded and, finds his chair and Tanaka's wife is very impressed. Well, also, I think being in a fight, I think someone swings at him, do they not, during the, the tea serving? Yeah. I could be remembering that wrong. I think uh, so. <laughs> and so at first it's, you know, oh, all of this is just ways to make him a good fighter, but they pay it off every single thing that he does in sometimes non-fighting ways, like the <laughs> snatching the koi or whatever. I'm going to say koi. I don't know for sure if that's the fish he was snatching. Yeah, it's only one letter, one letter shot of coin, which is what they replace oh, it with later. Shit. <laughs> okay, so yeah, it was definitely koi. <laughs> yeah, he does the if I can, because the whole thing with Van Dam is he's got to defend a lady in a fight. I'm um, just because I'm gearing up. Spoilers. I'm gearing up to watch Hard Target, and like the opening moments is that exact thing. Also involving coins. Hmm. hmm. Is you know if I can snatch that coin out of your hands, you can't I've sexually assault this woman. Yeah, but she's mine. <laughs> I guess it's fair game. And she's like, you can't do that, and he's like, relax. Yeah, look at me. I can. I'm 1988 Jean Claude Van Damme, and I will do what I want. I think that's only about a minute and twenty seconds before they're in bed together. So. It's quick, <laughs> but again, it's 1988 Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> He could bed anybody in that movie, including the villain, if he really wanted to. Hmm. I feel like they missed an opportunity with this woman because it turns out that this woman is a journalist and she's trying to get into the Kumite undercover um, because all of this is going down in Hong Kong. We need to talk about why he goes to Hong Kong and how he gets there and all of that stuff next. But uh, yeah, they missed an opportunity with her. I felt like they could have lent on her using him a little bit more and then having her falling for him despite herself. They didn't really commit to it. I'm fine that they didn't. I don't. They don't need to do the ten things I hate about you angle of you're just using me to get your articles. Like no, I'm using you to get some of that Van Dam junk. <laughs> like he's pretty upfront from moment one. Like this is what I'm here to do. If we sleep together, all right. And you know, she falls for him. Yeah, of course, because you you can't have a martial arts slash any sort of fighting movie without the girl on the side to be like you can't you can't do this he'll kill you i guess you need it now he definitely benefits from the fact that all of the rest of the fighters are pretty unattractive (laughs) do you think that was done intentionally i'm trying to think i mean there's a couple decent looking dudes in there nobody who had a line to say Jackson's I mean, <laughs> again, you put 88 Van Damme in any sort of setting anywhere, chances are he's going to rank in the top 10. Right, but like we only saw 10 fighters. So. <laughs> I don't know. That monkey guy has some appeal. Oh, fuck. Wait, that, that is a conversation for later. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, we haven't even, like, we're skipping. We, like, technically, I think even before the flashback, it's so he's in the army and he just bails on the army to go fight in this tournament. And so he's being chased the whole movie by Forrest Whitaker and another guy who were trying to arrest him for Oscar winning a direct order to not go and fight in the Kumite. Yeah, the Oscar winning best actor, Forrest Whitaker, is chasing Jean-Claude Van Damme across the globe. Yeah. And features in probably the best scene in not just this movie, but cinema, where he leads them on a foot chase through Hong Kong to an amazing piece of 80s pop goodness. And he's just just showboating the whole way, like standing and posing and letting them catch up. Now, I know that you love Jean-Claude Van Damme, but I have to say that even in this bit part role, Forrest Whitaker just shines. 
there is something magnetic about him, even in this like minor, minor role. Oh, yeah. I'm sure people watched and took notice and went, holy shit, that guy. Mm-hmm. And it turns out he's... he'd already done some stuff, but yeah. Not enough to not do blood sport, though. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> he wasn't, you know, he wasn't Forrest Whitaker at that point. He was Forrest Whitaker. So yeah, I guess uh, I guess the arrival in Hong Kong introduces us to Ray, <laughs> the rugged character that you mentioned. Yeah, because also it turns out Van Damme can just immediately be good at video games. Yeah. So they play. I think it was Karate Champ. I, I was going to ask you about this actually. Yeah, what was the game, and were they I, playing it correctly? Uh, I if it was Karate Champ, I never played it in the arcade. I oh. played it uh, on the Nintendo ports, so I can't say for sure. I can tell you that. It was more correct than it might be in most movies where it would just be. <laughs> right. To yeah, play I, hammering buttons. So it think, looked like they were trying to play it. I think there was an implication in that conversation that Van Damme was better at it because he was younger. Kind of. <laughs> aren't you? A, what is, yeah. Aren't you a little young to be in there? Like, aren't you a little old for video games? I can't yeah. know Van Damme. That was basically German. <laughs> Yeah, I thought I was going to hate this Ray character, to be honest. Like, the first minute sees him um, hitting on a, a local woman on the bus. Yeah, it's not a good introduction to the character. And I can see how, for your first viewing, did you think, oh, that's the villain? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, his, yeah. Yeah, his first order of business is on public transit to vocally and aggressively harass a woman. Like, hey, you want to get with this? Ugh, too handsome for you, huh? Yeah, not a great intro, but he becomes a very supportive friend. Mm-hmm, it's true. Like, he doesn't even seem to care about winning himself at a certain point. He's just so psyched about Van Damme. Yeah, his uh, his whole attitude is like the opposite of Van Damme. He seems to have one move that he thinks can win any fight, and otherwise, he's, he's not in shape at all. No, I mean, he's not in, he, he could kick our ass, for sure. Okay, yeah, sure, but not in a race. Like, I think I could beat him over a kilometer. He's got very long legs. Yeah, he would have a very big. Like, he would have a big stride. That's that's probably true, but no, I think my stamina would outlast his. There's only one way to find out. <laughs> well, I was looking it's at the blood be sports. Hard, but... I was looking at the blood sports sequels, and uh, I see that of he pops up in three. Three, yeah, he pops up in the second one, but I didn't see his name in the third one. So I was like, oh, I hope they didn't kill the character. I can't say for sure. I have never seen. Bloodsport 2, the next Kumite, or whatever the third one's called, or I think the fourth one's called the Dark Kumite. You, yes, that is right. Yeah. And then obviously, before long, we have to get the Bloodsport remake, the Bloodsport. <laughs> so I don't know if you, um, I don't know if you saw today, but when you tweeted this out, I, uh, I was looking at the rest of Twitter and, and my wrestling podcast were asking for Q&A questions. So I, I gave them a shout out and asked them if, if they were to make Bloodsport now again, which current wrestler would they want to see in it playing any part in this movie? So hopefully I'll get an answer to that after we've Ooh, recorded. Yeah. <laughs> I'm obviously not qualified to answer that. But yeah, I do feel like if they made Bloodsport now, the lead would be like a John Cena. Or, no, I don't think it could. I mean, I'd like to see Scott Adkins if they ever did a new Bloodsport, but he basically has his own series mm. of f- fighting movies going. It, it will happen, won't it? I think there will be a remake of this soon. I don't see later. with Kickboxer, they just took a long break and then brought Van Damme back and just made more Kickboxers. So hmm. yeah, I would like it if they ever made Bloodsport to have Frank Dukes come back and be the, you know, the, the, the Tanaka role. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna train the name. I guess in your whole story, bull, like they could have a little wink and a nod to be like Frank Dukes. I heard that whole thing was just made up. I'm like, ah, like I can't believe the Tanaka role was made up. Like that, the, there was no such person. That that one blew my mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I guess we're we're into. That's been what half an hour of this movie, and we haven't actually seen much fighting yet. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But then the last hour is almost just wall-to-wall Kumite. This was kind of what I was scared for. I thought it was going to be 90 minutes of just people kicking heads. No, no. And then this is where we're introduced to all our various... So we have the guy who does the monkey, the monkey-style fighting 
And then where there's another guy with like really big, like a real tall guy who's real good at kicking. There's there's a back to back set of fights where one black guy tries to do voodoo on a guy, and then the next one is jumping around like a monkey while the crowd are making monkey noises. I was like, what the fuck is this racist hell that I'm now in? Blood 1988's Bloodsport. Oh god. Oh god. Other than that, I I felt like I felt like the fight scenes were were worth watching. Otherwise, yeah, yeah and he, his whole story might be made up, but I feel like Frank Dukes and Van Damme did a good, did a good job with the fight choreography. Mm-hmm. They are well, they are and then well we actually uh, we haven't even talked about the actual villain who pops up in this fight club. Yeah, Chong Lee, Chong Lee, what Bolo a Young, who is one of those people who is so in shape that it looks uncomfortable to exist. Yeah, I like would agree with that. Yeah, he's so jacked that it's like, how do you even function? He looks fit to burn. Yeah. Like he's folding his arms and it just like he's about to, to squish the entire contents of his torso into the into the air. Yeah. <laughs> it is wild. Yeah. So he's he's our villain. Um kind of I guess known because he'll just straight up murder, murder a fool in the ring. Yeah, just likes to hurt people. That's his thing. That's his motive. Yeah, and you know that's the that's the thing with Kumite. People die. People die in Kumite. Only if you fuck up, says one of the characters, <laughs> Jackson, I think. And so obviously you got to have you know how why why does Van Dam you know it's, it can't just be I want to win because I want to win. He needs that motivation. So of course Jackson first has to fight Chong Lee. And doesn't get killed. In my memory, he did, but he just gets hurt real bad. Yeah, it seemed like he was dead at the time, so it was nice to see him waking up in hospital. <laughs> yeah, and Chong Lee is such a dick about it. So actually, I mean, it's kind of like Jackson knocks him down and just decides, I have won, and there is well, no need <laughs> to, to verify this. This is what I'm saying. His one fighting strategy is just that one sort of overhead downward punch into the head, and he's like, no one's getting up from this. I have yep. won. <laughs> I have pulled it off. I am champion now. Yay. And people are literally like, hey, no, look over there. But he does not. So Chung Lee gets up, kicks his ass, and like gets his his headband or his bandana or whatever. And it's just like holding it on one finger, taunting Van Damme. Like, fucking look what I did. There are there are many scenes in this movie that like it was hard to make a note about this, but like there are uncomfortably long staring back and forth sequences. Oh yeah. And this is one of them where he like it it pans to him. He's got the bandana in his hand. It goes back to Van Damme, who looks pissed off. Then it goes back to Chung Lee, who the only thing he does in the next scene is just squeeze his fist a little bit tighter. (laughs) He's like, I've got this. Yeah. They're just staring each other down. Sign of intimidation, like animals. (laughs) <laughs> like marking their prey. <laughs> How I break uh, you, just like I break your friend. <laughs> he has some good lines, actually. To be fair, that's uh, maybe that's one I've been. Yeah, that line is one that has stuck with me for a very long time. I think I think the one that I liked was uh, "brick not brick not hit back." <laughs> oh yeah, because Van Damme can do this cool thing where there's stacks of bricks and he can just pick which one in the stack he wants to break. So he like picks the lower left and then he breaks it and everyone's all impressed. And yeah, Chung Lee's like, brick doesn't hit back. Like, that's right. Which I think is just a Bruce Lee line about how a board doesn't hit back, but still. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so then fighting, 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 fighting. Yeah. Um, And the only thing that happens in the middle is that when Jackson gets put in in hospital, a woman who spent the entire first half of the movie being like, I have to get in and watch this fighting. is like, I'm not going to stand and watch this fighting. (laughs) (laughs) Because now she's invested before she could be detached as a journalist writing the story. But now it's not just a story. It's her life. Yeah. And she knows that Van Damme's going to get in the ring with Chung Lee and maybe get killed. Now, I, do, do you are we supposed to believe that Van Damme is in any actual peril because he has very little struggle during the fights leading up to the final? Well, because he's really good at fighting. The only guy who causes him a problem is the meerkat guy, who starts off his fights with his fists up here and then actually like knocks him down at the start of the fight. Yeah, and I mean, and then he just gets adjusted to that real quick. But I yeah. mean, it's also part. You know, you're in. You're introducing us to this new action star, so we got to see. You know, 
he's he's like a Superman. Look how good he is. He's untouchable. Yeah, in WWE language, you got to put him over. Like the right. audience ain't gonna believe in him if you let him lose too early. So you got you yeah. gotta push him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. See, the wrestling stuff is really helping out in this episode. I feel like because <laughs> their views and mine seem to be aligning, and I feel like if wrestling agrees with me, you will listen to wrestling. So this is perfect. <laughs> but that's exactly right. If you introduce us to Van Dam and he gets his ass kicked the entire movie, we're gonna go. Why do I want to see a movie about this guy? He doesn't seem very good. So you got to have him go in there and in his first fight, immediately break the record for how fast he can knock a fool down, which we learn later. Frank Dukes did, but didn't. <laughs> the end screen shows all the records he has, and that is one of them. It also says that he had 56 consecutive knockouts, which on IMDb, they say would mean like 76 gazillion fighters would have had to have participated in a single tournament. But I don't think they're claiming that that happened in a single tournament. I took that to mean like every tournament he entered, he just got nothing but knockouts. And then the next year got nothing but knockouts. Right. That and makes just sense. Kept building versus he got 56 knockouts in a day. Right. Oh, I see what you're saying. So they're suggesting that he had to yeah, run through that entire bracket. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that would be ridiculous. No, I agree with your interpretation. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was just he kept dominating the Kumite. Mm -hmm. So when he gets to the final of this thing, um, I questioned my own memory. Was was the canvas always tilted or was that just the like configuration for the final? Hmm. Maybe just for the final? I don't remember yeah. being tilted before that. Yeah, same. I, like, I think it was flat until then. Okay, I'm, gl- I'm glad that my eyes weren't deceiving me there because I was a little bit confused for a second. Um, it adds an extra dimension, definitely. Like, Van Damme jumps over the ref the moment the fight starts, using the angles to help him. Hmm. <laughs> also, like, with the sound in this movie, did they record all of the, the sound after the fact? They must have. Yeah. I, or like, yeah. yeah, I assume most of it's done because they're not actually hitting each other. No, but I'm more referring to the noises. It's the noises that Van Damme makes after he strikes. <laughs> they're all like, ah! Well, that's, that's how you fight. Is you remember <laughs> all the way back in episode two when we watched Three Ninjas? I, and I actually after had, yeah. every strike, they had to go, all right. Or something like that. It doesn't work if you just hit them and you don't yell anything. It's fifty. The impact is lessened by about fifty percent. My first note was actually: Is this just adult three ninjas? No, it didn't progress that way. But like from the start, you can see maybe why I was thinking like that. As oh god damn! Now I really want to see Bloodsport Junior though. <laughs> the most controversial movie ever made. It's just blood sport, but with nine-year-olds. <laughs> now I will break you, just like I break your friend. Uh, so I assume we do spoilers for this. I mean, yeah, the whole course. audience knows he wins. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've made sequels. Obviously, Van Damme's not in them. But even if it wasn't his first big role, there's no scenario where it ends with Chong Lee breaking his neck. And then the journalist just... No oh, credits. <laughs> no, he wins, but you know he's gotta he's gotta earn it because you know Chon Lee senses yeah this guy's good. Yeah, so maybe he uses some uh, maybe WWE I need shenanigans. An, yeah, maybe I need an advantage. Um, what well, 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 he like? What is it? It's like a, he hides it in his waistband. It's a little like then, salt pill. Yeah, salt in the eyes is classic WWE as well. Okay, so yeah, because yeah. I knew in the fight he like smushes it and throws it in Van Damme's face. So now, you know, Van Damme is all, that's maybe also, that's where the one of the more famous, I guess, gifts from this movie comes from, and I've used it on Twitter, is after he's blinded and you get the slow motion, like, scream from Van Damme as he's like, I can't see. Yeah. But little does Chong Lee know that he could serve a fucking tea party with no vision. Mm -hmm. So he just, you know, goes into his calm state and he wins. <laughs> yeah, he wins the good day. Yeah. Like this, the force or something. <laughs> yeah, he taps into the he taps into the force and he wins. I think he partly wins because Chong Lee's just so thrown. 
that this yeah, is but he's also he's also identified having watched Chong Li's fights that he has a weakness in his belly. So that's what he mm. attacks when the time comes. He keeps all of his kicks at mid level. Yeah, I think that's what hurts him ultimately. And then he makes him say something like, which is essentially a surrender. But I forget Matei. Matei, like that's that. right. Yeah, because yeah. it's much more it's much more humiliating. And that's even what uh, I can't think of her name. What's her actual name? The journalist. Don't know. Can't remember. Yeah. You know, because they go, you know, Jackson's in the hospital. And he's like, oh, he won. He's like, oh, even better. You know, he made Chong Lee actually basically tap out yeah. and say, I, I have been defeated. No death touch because he knows the death touch. That's how he does the bricks. So you kind of ah. think maybe that's going to be the final. But no, I think, well, he does use it on like one guy. It doesn't, I have a memory of him like death touching a guy in, in the, is it Chong Lee that he death touches in the belly? It is. It must be. Uh, no, is it not the? Uh, it's it's the it's the bigger sumo looking guy who's wearing like the kind of half oh, skirt type thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yes. That I is think true. isn't he the same guy that he also? I haven't talked about the one scene from this movie that I actually knew beforehand. <laughs> the guy who he dick punched. <laughs> I think it's the same guy. When he Maybe? gets down on his knees and he's like, Ding! yeah. <laughs> Huh. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think that's how he ultimately ends the fight because even though he does the like death death strike, it doesn't seem yeah. to work immediately. And then he just and, sort of eases him down. <laughs> and then, then he, then he then he goes back to the states with Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, yeah, Forrest Whitaker and and the other bloke, they basically have him banged to rights. They've caught him before he can get into this fight, and they have the support of the army. It seems like, but for some reason, then they're just like. Yeah, go on. Have your yeah. fight. We'll watch. Go ahead. It'll be fun. <laughs> and we're already here. Yeah. It's funny because the, it. yeah. the whole Kumite is supposed to be this big secret, but it's, it's, they're so bad at it. Like everyone keeps finding it. And even when the she's asking, oh, I hear this this big. Anyone she talks to who's trying to keep it a secret is like, I don't know what you're talking about. And that's crazy. And no, it's like, okay, so yes. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it's also confusing to me. Like, does she just live in Hong Kong? Like, what's her deal? I took it as she traveled to Hong Kong to get the scoop. Okay, you know, people so, are. It's like Mortal Kombat. People are coming in from all over the world, so it's kind of a big thing. She's like, you know, yeah, and she, she figures it out real quick. Also, aren't there huge crowds for the Kumite? How are they finding out about it? It's a good point. Yeah, they Is must all like, be part of the same like racist chapter of Hong Kong. Maybe. <laughs> It just, it seems like for a top secret tournament, once you allow a crowd of 200 people in, secret's not going to last long. Like, look at Fight yeah, two, Club. They were 200 very people who can, uh, 200 people who can bring guests as well, apparently, because that's how she gets in. Yeah. <laughs> I think someone's going to talk. <laughs> yeah, they didn't think calling that Calling your through. Kumite top secret while also posting flyers on a telephone pole to say, hey, <laughs> Come to the secret Kumite. Come to a rock concert to watch rock music be performed by a rock band. Ah, surprise, it's the Kumite. <laughs> no, you need something that won't draw people. Oh, like some, some sort of coded language. I think a rock concert would draw too many types that you wouldn't want that. Come to not the Kumite. <laughs> Kumite, Kumite. I fight to survive songs been in my head for like three days now. Yeah, same. We we haven't <laughs> talked about a soundtrack actually. It's pretty good. It's pretty eighties. It yeah. is pretty good. Yeah, fight to there's, survive. Um, the the scene when he was on the bus was absolutely ridiculous. Where it was it was it was doing that thing that they mock in Team America, just narrating his story as he sat on the bus traveling alone. Because it's after <laughs> Ray is in the hospital and it's after she's like. Turned oh, her back that on him. was. I thought you meant in the scene where uh, Ray is hitting on the. The woman oh, no, on the no, bus. I was like, I yeah, don't remember no, this. Not that one. <laughs> yeah, I forget what the lyrics were, but there was a lot of uh, "You have to believe in yourself. You're going to yeah. go at it alone." <laughs> Charlie, he beat your friend. <laughs> now he will break you. Yeah, uh, that is very. You don't get enough of that anymore. No, you don't get enough of any of this anymore. Yeah, they got that one. You got the fight to survive montage over the, you know. Hey, we can't show you all of these Kumite fights in length, so here's just a bunch of quick cuts. 
um, so was this movie I guess this isn't a fair question how funny was this movie supposed to be when it was made um, for the record I never answered the uh, was it profitable yes it was crazy profitable oh. according to uh, it had a budget of anywhere from about one and a half to two and a half million and it made 50 so wow Obviously, yeah. at that point, they went, this guy brings in the crowds because, mm-hmm. you know, you get the men for the kicks and you get the ladies for the for... dicks. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you said it. He is. Yeah, he is proud of that physique, obviously, like as many opportunities to show it as he can. And obviously, like there's a scene where Jackson just walks in his room and he's just in there doing the splits because, again, he can't. Yeah. So if you got a guy who can do that, you're gonna be like, well, here, here, do it again, do it again. <laughs> this is his thing. Um, to answer your funny question, I think the movie is not too serious in its mm-hmm. tone. Mm-hmm. Like it treats the material fairly straightforward, but at the same time, it's not you know the dark. But it's also the 80s. So back then, what we see now as cheesy montage back then was probably fucking awesome. Like, it's it's weird, though, isn't it? Because because when you've got a guy like real life Frank Dukes, who apparently takes his accomplishments quite seriously to present them in this tone seems really odd to me because <laughs> I was laughing quite a lot. Uh, maybe sometimes at the movie a little bit, which I think anybody who who enjoys this movie probably does. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the scene where he's running away from the two army guys, like, I think at that time was supposed to be, look how awesome, but now it's just, like, the corniest thing you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And, like, they end up falling in a river at the end. And Yeah, yeah I think it's definitely some of it is of its time. And, yeah, I think it's not taking itself too seriously. I think Bloodsport's main goal is, look, we just want you to have a good time. Okay. And it was 88, so it's the tail end of the 80s. A lot of these tropes already existed, so yeah, they, they just set out to, you know, we're going to make one of these, and we're going to do the best damn job we can. Yeah, well, that was that was exactly what I was trying to work out. Like, this, It's definitely not the first of its kind, but is it supposed to be parody, or is it being parodied by some of the other things that I've seen, or is it both? <laughs> I think it might be, a, I think it's more of the second thing. I don't think it's setting out to make fun of those tropes. I think it, you know, mm. it is just doing those tropes. Right. I don't think it's meant to be like, wink, wink, we understand, but I also don't think it's supposed to be like, hey, hey, no, 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 no. This is blood sport. This is serious. Stop. Mm-hmm. I think the tournament definitely helps to keep my interest. If it had just been pure fighting for reasons, I may have struggled with it, but like, I like a tournament. King of the Ring is amazing. So just, that's essentially just, what this was. <laughs> yeah, it's just fun to look at two and be like, okay, who do you think is going to win this one? That guy, that guy. Like, okay, great. Yeah, it's it's the Karate Kid in many ways. It's a lot mm-hmm. of movies. It's the Karate Kid for adults where, like, you know, you have your villain and the villain's going to do something shitty. And then the villain, you know, the, he's going to remember something from earlier in the movie and use that to overcome. And it's going to end with a freeze frame. And yeah, but, karate, karate Kid for Adults, that is a, a decent summary, I think, of this. <laughs> yeah. But, I don't know, I think a lot of, it's certainly not going to win any points for originality, but I think what it sets out to accomplish, it accomplishes very well. I think it is a very good one of these. And I feel like with Van Damme, like, again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, like, oh, he's putting in an amazing performance and how dare you. But he has presence. And I think sometimes that can help overcome, like, yeah, it, it, maybe they're not the strongest actor. But if they have, you know, there's just, you know, there's a presence about them that can kind of help balance it out. And I think he has that. Yeah, like I can I can definitely accept that. And I can see it in this movie, even though there are many cheesy, schlocky elements to the, to the thing. Yeah. Like... He's good at the fighting, yes, and it helps to be able to see, like, that is him doing the fighting. But he's, there's a charm to him and, like, almost like a, like a boyishness to, like, you know, he's just, he's just there having a good time, basically. 
So are you, uh, where does this rank for you? Or are you going to wait until you've seen the rest of this month and then kind of decide from there how those movies rank? Um, in, th- in, the, in the Van Damme pantheon, it's very high. Um, yeah. I was pretty late discovering. I have a, this random memory that for some reason in the fourth grade, a bunch of people in my class were watching Bloodsport and I really wanted to watch Bloodsport and my parents wouldn't let me. Right decision. They, I don't know. I mean, it's not that there's not really a lot of language and like, yeah, people are kicking each other, but it's not violent per se. Like, I think it's rated R then, but I feel like you could PG-13 this thing pretty easily now. Yeah, you, you would have to remove the obvious deaths and there's a bone that comes out of a leg at one point. That I think oh, there is that. <laughs> and there is just, you know, whenever they show the, the fight ring or whatever, this is blood fucking everywhere on, yeah. the, can- on the canvas, but I feel like it's pretty tame violence wise by today's standards. Like when people die, they're not dying graphically. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. It probably was the right decision. I don't know. I was mad because my classmates got to see it. Then that Macaulay Culkin movie, the good son came out and my parents wouldn't, my mom wouldn't let me watch that. And then my dad rented it for me one time. Cause he didn't know what it was. And then she <sighs> found out and made him take it back before I could watch it. That's mm-hmm. just a side story. <laughs> I only really have one memory like this, and it was WrestleMania 7. I wasn't allowed to watch that. I can't really remember what their objection was, but there were a few weird things going on. Like Million Dollar Man was fighting with his black servant, Virgil. Um, hmm. I think <laughs> I think Rowdy Roddy Piper got, got some blood. He had a face full of blood. It might not have been him, though. Uh, Hulk Hogan was fighting Sergeant Slaughter when Sergeant Slaughter had been converted to an Iraq sympathizer. This was in, like, 91, 92-ish, so, like, not yeah, ideal. Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no uh, otherwise it was a free-for-all i remember watching a movie called alien terminator <laughs> with, with my uh sorry not alien terminator alien predator is what it was called not alien versus predator it was like alien predator so the alien and the predator were the same entity in that one i forget it may have been alien terminator i may be confusing myself whatever it was it was not for a seven-year-old oh <laughs> uh, see no i was pretty it, it, it was a little bit before I got to discover the world of R-rated movies. Mm. And, you know, I criticized it then, but I, as a parent now, am I really three years off from showing <laughs> one of the blood sports? Probably not. If he really wants to watch it, I guess. Like, how did you learn about, all right, kids are still talking about this movie? Yeah, put it on. You'll like the music. Uh, you'll be here going, Kumate. Kum-. Actually, <laughs> there is, now that I'm doing that, a video of when my oldest, it was like pretty young, probably like a year and a half, too, saying like some word and we couldn't piece it out. And in the video of like, what, are you, what is it you're trying to say? And I'm like, it sounds like she's trying to say Kumate. And then I start trying to get her to, I start going, Kumate, Kumate, <laughs> trying to get her to repeat it. <laughs> So yeah, maybe maybe she will watch blood sports. <laughs> nice. Um, just just having mentioned Predator completely accidentally, I read that Van Damme had the opportunity to be Predator. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Um, oh, I'm gonna mess up the details, but essentially, yeah, it, there there's footage I think out there oh. of Van Damme in like a Predator costume. Like you wouldn't have it wouldn't have been like Van Damme. You wouldn't have seen him. He would have just been like dressed well, up. Well, yeah, as actually, the I think I, I think I read that that was part of his problem. <laughs> he wouldn't yeah, and be yeah, seen. That's, yeah, exactly. And this predator precedes Bloodsport, so this is like still very, very early. But yeah, I mm. think Van Damme was just like, I, I know people have to see me being awesome. Here we go. Um, yeah, Van Damme was cast to play the predator. He would use his martial arts to make the predator an agile ninja-like hunter. Uh, the original design was too cumbersome and difficult and Van Damme couldn't make the required movements in it. And apparently also he constantly complained about the suit being too hot and that he wouldn't appear on camera. So eventually they were just like, well, apparently the official reason they gave for letting him go is he's too short. Oh, <laughs> he's five, nine. Oh, wow. Van Damme's shorter than me. Nice. You think you could take maybe it? Maybe I would. St- yeah. I was like, maybe I could stand a chance now. <laughs> I could just do that thing where you hold him out as he's swinging at you and be like, ah, what are you trying to do? So does that mean that we're reassessing Ray Jackson's leg length now as well? I guess so. Yeah, everything I thought I knew was wrong. (laughs) 
Uh, there was the one Twitter comment is we need more action movies nowadays where the heroes lovingly condition their bodies. <laughs> oh yeah. I saw that one. I liked to actually, I was like, that sounds yeah. familiar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of people liked the tweet, but didn't give me their thoughts. Like, oh. damn it. Uh, yeah. Uh, my thoughts on Bloodsport remain pretty much. I think this was my third or fourth viewing. Um, mm-hmm. My thoughts are largely the same. I think it is a a damn fun 90 minutes. I think the fights are well done. I think Van Damme holds his own. And I, I, I see why they continue to put him in things. But the question is, do you... Well, if I break it down, I thought the camera work was pretty shoddy. Most of the acting and the dialogue was borderline awful. The fights were fine. The characters were interesting enough. Uh, this is so not I'm, very positive. So, far. so so I'm puzzled at the idea that I would watch this again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yep. like, <laughs> I don't get it, but like I really liked it for reasons that I can't put my finger on. That's I'll take it. <laughs> Because it's charming. Yeah, I guess. It wants you to like it so bad. And you're like, I do like you. <laughs> I can't help it. You're just so lovable. <laughs> I mean, I guess if I like wrestling, which I, I constantly question whether that's true as well. I watch it. I don't know if I like it. I think you're but, not. You're definitely not alone in that. No. But like, if I like that, I probably like Bloodsport for the same reasons. <laughs> Can't quite quantify it, but there's something there. Yeah. yeah, it is just kind of a bunch of larger-than-life dudes mm-hmm. kicking the shit out of each other. And I would watch more Van Damme off the back of this, but I would be still wary of seeing something that was on that more serious side and then being like, oh, no, this was not what I wanted. Mm. So. He usually strikes a fairly good balance, but like, I think most of the stuff we're covering this month is sillier Van Damme for sure. Right. So maybe we need to do two rounds, like June Claude Van Damme, and then like June Claude Van Damme coma, colon the Dark Kumite next year. <laughs> yeah, you just Ju- you've just committed another year to this podcast. Well, then the June Claude Van Damme, the grittier reboot of June Claude Van Damme. Alternatively, you can just do a Bloodsport breakout, but that can be discussed. <laughs> I don't. Know. Oh yeah, Ooh, uh, we'll yeah. see. <laughs> Yay! Kicking off June Claude Van Damme with some positivity. My goal by the end of this month is to convert as many people as possible. Do you fancy your chances? Next is Hard Target, and I feel if you are at all familiar with even individual moments of that movie, I feel pretty good about that one. Okay. I sent one gift to the participants, which I can ask this Jordan wants, (laughs) of just complete out of context, like, that's it. Get guessed. That that's only like one small part of that scene. So get ready. <laughs> Do you want to see Wilford Brimley holding a bow and arrow, riding a horse in slow motion away from an exploding house? Hard target. Okay. <laughs> All right. I guess yeah. what's something you're currently enjoying? Um Honestly, I'm not finding much time for new things. I just keep persisting with the old things. So, like, I'm still on wrestling, but I don't think I've actually come on here and talked about AEW and how that's kind of taking over my interests. You are... uh, Something wrestling-related always seems to make its way to my social media feeds, largely because of you. (laughs) And I saw a tweet yesterday about how the WWE gets all of this good talent and then doesn't know what to do with it. And apparently there was a bunch of releases that people were real pissed about. And so then in the comments, it was people saying, Oh yeah, it's all AEW for me now. Like if you're not watching that, get on board. Pretty much. Yeah. So and for me, it was all just gibberish, like a mad (laughs) libs of nonsense. But I was like, I bet Rob gets it. Well, I wondered whether you might know Braun Strowman because I've heard that he's done some stuff in movies, maybe minor stuff, but I've heard the name. Yeah, I feel so he, like he was he yeah. was introduced a few years ago, right? And people like yeah. loved him. Yeah, he's massive. He's like he's he's at least six six, maybe six eight, and he's like so well built as well. He's jacked, and like and I think people yeah. wanted him to win WrestleMania, or yeah, yeah, pe- people wanted him to do well because he was like the. It's just a classic example of what WWE used to do so well. Those these like big, huge guys who were agile as well. Um, but the problem with WWE now is that like nothing matters. 
like you exactly what we were talking about with Van Damme and how he needed to keep up that winning streak to, to, to make it matter more when he won the title effectively. People win the title by like ridiculous means these days, like getting a gang of ninjas to chase someone and incapacitate them so that you can pin them in the hallway. It's like that's a that's an actual thing that happened for a title to change hands. See, that makes um, me want to watch wrestling. So. Doug Doug Flutie has been a WWE champion in the last year <laughs> through an incident like this. Okay. Maybe I'm back out now. <laughs> it's dumb. Uh, whereas with AEW, they have a ranking system. So they make it feel like every win loss matters. And like when people win the title, it's usually because they've been on the path to that title and they've beaten people who matter. And yeah, so it's just, it gets you emotionally invested. So aside from that, the only other thing is I am now 145 hours deep into Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Oh my God, you are (laughs) exactly a hundred more hours committed in, because I'm at the 45 hour mark because I haven't played it that much lately. Right. I'm approaching the end. I think I've got like five more territories to do. That sounds like half the game though. (laughs) I've actually more or less, I played it not too long ago and I kind of made the conscious decision in that moment as I ran around a hill trying to find a way to get in and get a wealth treasure chest that I don't want to do that anymore. And I'm just <laughs> going to do story missions until the end. And then if I decide to chip away at the other stuff, great. I looked it up to be like, do I ever pass a point where I can't go back? And nope. So yeah, that's what I would recommend to anybody considering playing this game. Do the story, do the assassinations, like assassinate the order. And then otherwise just, just skip, skip, skip. Yeah, I, I just can't anymore. Like my whole rule was I do a mission and then I do some side stuff, but I just wasn't enjoying it. And that's why, like I said, like spending 10 minutes, like throwing the bird up in the air to be like, I don't see an entry in where am I supposed? Oh, I figured it. Oh, there's a key. I need a key. I got to go. Like, no, this, this isn't fun. I, I'm not I, enjoying had one, this. I had one for 10 minutes yesterday where there was a house I needed to get into. And I looked at it from every possible angle. Where's the weak point? What can I shoot? And it turned out there was an open window next to the door. It's like, fuck this game. Yeah. <laughs> and the idea that I might have to put a hundred more hours in, I, I just can't. I do not have that time in life. I don't want to look back and go, you could have beaten nine other games in the yeah. time that you ran around this map. The one thing that I will say is that there's there's quite a big payoff in the storyline that I think you'll appreciate if you play like 10 more hours. Okay, I, I do plan on finishing it. Okay, I, I, I want to finish it. I've invested way too much time to let it slide, and that's mostly the reason I picked it up again last week. Yeah, was concern that it had been too long, and that I would just one day go, I never finished Valhalla. <laughs> All right, well, we did it. I've I mean, I that movie. I didn't say what I was enjoying, but I also don't know. Oh. Uh, I'm going back through the Yakuza games. I might have already said that, and I'm enjoying that a lot. So, oh, I think yeah, I think I saw you mention that somewhere. Maybe it was in a different episode. Yeah, um, there's like seven of them plus a prequel, and I started the prequel like two years ago and got away from it, and finally was like, you put same as Valhalla, like you put like 35 hours into that game. Oh wow, that's a waste. So I just went online, read a plot synopsis to remind myself what had happened up to that point. And just knocked out the last few hours and was like, God damn it, I forgot how much I like these games. So they remastered all of them and I haven't played them all since like the PS2 era. So I just went back and started the first one again and it's been super fun. And it's kind of this nice reminder of like, just play the stuff that I want to play. I'm always Mm -hmm. feeling so like, I want to play this and I want to play this and getting stuff from the library and I beat Godfall on the PS5 and it's not very good. Like I played an hour and was like, this isn't great. And then I played nine more and went, yeah, it never got better. Why? Why did I do that? So I'm going yeah, to try I've less of nothing. that. That's why I've bought nothing new. And like next week, the, the Final Fantasy upgrade for PS5 comes. Oh, and yeah. That's when I will start that game finally. <laughs> yeah, I need to decide because there's a new Ratchet and Clank coming out. And I love the Ratchet and Clank games, but do I 89.99 love the Ratchet and Clank games? Mm. Probably no. But also I feel I, like if I wait a week and type Ratchet and Clank into Kijiji, I'll find some $60 copies. Exactly so. what I was just going to suggest. They seem like pretty quick trade-ins. <laughs> yeah. Like those games are like eight or nine hours long. I'm sure people yeah. will buy them, knock them out. And then, huh, here you go. 
So yeah, <laughs> just got to bide my time. Nice. Yeah, you did it. You've now you're you're now gonna start slowly chipping away at his chronological filmography. I'm sure. We'll see. I'll watch Street Fighter probably. I re I revisited that one pretty recently. It's a movie. You should definitely you should definitely watch it. <laughs> it is almost overly faithful to the video games in a very admirable way. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Tim Sound for the theme song. Thank you to Rob for joining me here today to kick off June Claude Van Damme. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for if you follow us on the things. You, you, thank you for that. If you don't, you should. There's a lot of stuff coming. I'm very excited to share soon. Once all the pieces come together and then we will podcast on you. Like we podcast on your friend. Good night, everyone. So for all those things nostalgic, I also do and sit like this.